question is, black gold, is it really oil or is it a giant thing of Snickers? Yeah, we'll talk about it because we're talking about the Beverly Hillbillies movies. That's right. You know what that means. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. My God. Oh, Granny. Your elixir. I will take you out of here immediately. Your hair is just a bit disheveled. Miss Jane? Is it you? Tis I. Tear me apart, Lisa! Ah, oh, dang. I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Oh, no. Hey, would you mind putting that gun away? My wife doesn't care, but I'm a very timid fellow. You idiot. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. My name is Scott Curland, and we are ending Garden Variety, talking about the Beverly Hillbillies. And yes, that question of wondering whether or not black gold is candy or oil is a question I had when I was nine, eight years old and I saw this movie. <laughs> and talking with me about the great Beverly Hillbillies starring the drop-dead sexy Jim Varney is Miss Kendra Beltran. Welcome back, Kendra. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to talk about my boyfriend, Jed Clampett. Yeah. <laughs> when you told us on the Blank Check episode that you thought Jim Varney was sexy, I was like, what? And then I looked up young Jim Varney and damn he was hot it's just like i didn't know he was earnest like i did not know that as like what eight-year-old kid watching this movie i just thought this dad and i i have this weird obsession with like tv dads too i don't know maybe there's some daddy issues there but like <laughs> this was a dilf for me at a very early age and then my mom's like you know that's the guy from like all those commercials and like the earnest movies and i was like no, it was it shocked me like when my mom told me, oh, the hot guy in Titanic is Arnie. I was like, no, this is how like dim it was as a child. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, the hot guy in Titanic was also in The Quick and the Dead, where he was the greatest yes. young gunman. <laughs> um, Yeah. So Jim Varney, he was a classically cha- trained Royal Shakespeare actor. I could see that. Yeah. And also, my follow-up question <laughs> to that statement that I just made is, um, for TV dads, who was your top five? I'm very curious. If I had, like, rattle off my head, I'd say Ray Romano from Everybody Loves Raymond. Deborah. Yes, me and my old roommate, shout out Helen, we <laughs> actually stalked him one time and he was like so surprised that these two like college girls were like, because everyone was there for like Jason Alexander and some other actresses and we were like, oh my God, it's Ray Romano. It was very exciting. The dad from the middle who was like the janitor in Scrubs, Oh, Neil Flynn. 
Yeah, like not in Scrubs, but when he's the dad in the middle. Ooh, another one. God, I'm just trying to think. Oh, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Because I was going to ask either Phil Dunphy or Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle. I do like Brian Cranston in that, but he's not a deal for me uh-huh. in that. But he's a cool dad. And Definitely a cool dad. Were you team Danny Tanner or team Uncle Jesse? Of course, Uncle Jesse as a kid. But now that I'm older, I think Danny is very attractive. (laughs) And like I became like a very big clean freak as well. So I can see like we get along. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of TJF because they had like really hot dads. But they didn't have a lot of dads. Like Sabrina didn't have one. (laughs) Sabrina did have a dad. Yeah, he was hot and he's the voice of Beast. Yeah, it's Robbie Benson. I was like, yeah. Oh, and you know, Milo, Ventima, whatever from This Is Us is a hot dad. Yeah, I don't watch This Is Us. I I don't have two hours to cry every week. <laughs> You're not masochistic. I'm actually really behind on the last season, so I'm going to binge it all in one day and just like get my feels. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, I feel like shows like that, I, I can't get behind it when the whole point is like the writers are like how can we make people miserable where on the other hand you have a movie like this which i forgot to mention garden variety is where i pick whatever i want that you know kind of doesn't fit into the other theme months and one thing that i need to mention for moving forward with writer's bagel basket is doing four episodes a month and having another podcast is very hard so I'm doing two episodes a month. We're doing one movie and one TV show, which you're going to call me out next month because we're doing two movies, but they're two good <laughs> animated movies. Okay, one good animated movie and one really bad movie. But I <laughs> wanted to do Beverly Hillbillies because this movie came out and it came out in February, I believe, but then like it didn't do that great and it was released on VHS the fastest I've ever known. It came out, no, it came out in November of 93. And then it was on VHS by April of 94. And (laughs) my sister had a sleepover and they rented this and I was supposed to be asleep, but I snuck out of my bed and I was watching from the stairs this movie i'm like this is the greatest movie ever so kendra why don't you give us the blockbuster rule of the greatest movie ever the beverly hillbillies all right the beverly hillbillies is based on the 1962 hit nick at night for a millennials tv show and it is about a hillbilly family out in the ozarks dad strikes gold when he's hunting the jackrabbit and now they have to move to beverly hills because his daughter needs to be more ladylike and then that's where they run into trouble kendra you always do the best with these like (laughs) um (laughs) i was also like is that what the show was because i i know Okay, I was like, did they like really go because she needed to be a lady? No, it was because they became rich and it was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if in like 1962 we had, you know, we we thought it'd be funny for country folk to not understand what modern technology is because <laughs> they're mountain people. That That was how it was pitched. 
I went to I went to um have you ever been to the television museum in California? The the Paley Center? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I I went when I was visiting my friends in LA in two thousand ten and they had this whole exhibit on the Beverly Hillbillies and like the pitch notes from from <laughs> I think it was ABC at the time or CBS and the pitch notes are like, Yes, we want mountain people in <laughs> Beverly Hills. And that's all it said. Solid. I mean back then it was really like you it was all new and exciting. Well, since we're going to be talking about your crush, I have a crush in this movie, too. And let's see if you can guess it. I hope it is Lily Tomlin. <laughs> I knew you were going to say, oh, yeah, Lily Tomlin, <laughs> Sex on the Stick. No, it was it was, it was Erica Atlantic. All right. It was Miss Ellie Mae. I was going to say, or uh, her French teacher. Oh, Leah Thompson. But Leah yeah, Thompson. Yeah, like she's always been pretty. Okay, so I had a crush on Leah Thompson, not just from Back to the Future, but from Howard the Duck. Such a good movie. Leah That's Thompson. That's a sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> but Erica Alanik in this movie, like, I had the biggest crush on her. I only knew her from two things at this point. I only knew her not from Baywatch. And not from Bordello of Blood. Um, I I knew her from this movie and from Charles in Charge. Okay. And I was like, oh, and that episode of Full House where Uncle Jesse goes to his high school reunion and his ex-girlfriend is Erica Atlantic, which I have no idea how old Erica Atlantic is. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. She's supposed to be 17 in this. Spoilers, in real life she was 25. Mm. Yeah. And Kevin Conley from Entourage was 18. Oh, my God. Yeah, my husband's like, is that Entourage? I'm like, yes, I said that like five minutes ago. Have you watched Angus yet? Because he's an Angus. No, no, no. I haven't got to that okay. yet. Is it on Prime? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but Angus, he's in that. He's one of the bad guys in that. He plays the character he plays in this is the character he kind of bullies in Angus, which is hysterical. Full circle moment. Yeah. And I think that with this movie, the person that I've said this on the podcast before, when I see an actor as a kid that I really liked, I would like follow their career and hope they were doing well. (laughs) Or as uh, one of my best friends and constant guest, CB Brown, would always say, I hope there's food on the table. <laughs> Dietrich Bader <laughs> was one of those actors. I saw him as Jethro in this, and I'm like, man, that guy's great. I hope he's doing well. <laughs> and then he got Drew Carey show, and I'm like, yeah. Another hot dad in oh, American Housewife. <laughs> yeah, I only would watch the first two seasons of American Housewife because of him. It's, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I... It's not that I didn't like it. It's just like I, I forgot it existed. It, that happens sometimes with shows. Like yeah. Ozark when- was a show like that. <gasps> it comes back tomorrow. Yeah, everyone keeps saying that. I'm like, oh, man, I watched the first season. <laughs> yeah, get back into it. I, I'll try. I mean, they, the Beverly Hillbillies from the Ozarks. Yeah. Okay, so they one thing that I liked that. in this movie is that even today, it's it's realistic. Like when this movie came out, they made him a billionaire, which 
now he that's still a ton of money if he was just mm-hmm. like like what we talked about with blank check if he was just a millionaire like on the tv show it, it's like okay he only has a million dollars okay mm-hmm. great but he has like what does he have like 1.5 billion dollars billion he has over a billion dollars like he, today he couldn't get a million they'd be like oh you're gonna move to like van nuys or something <laughs> not beverly hills you're gonna you're gonna live in palo alto <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's even more money. Oh, really? So nice. I don't know. Cal- yeah, that's like Silicon Valley. Oh, area, is it? But, okay. Mm-hmm. The, the other part of California that we don't talk about when you're from Southern California. <laughs> yeah, you're getting you're gonna live on the trolley that took the Tanner family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that's probably all you could afford with a million dollars in San Francisco is the trolley. Is Maybe it, a pass for the year. Is it weird that growing up when I would watch Full House, I'm like, what is this guy's story? The guy who's driving the trolley and like <laughs> they're in front of the trolley. I just wanted the backstory of that guy. Like, oh man, this guy's cleaning the trolley and his family's riding on the front. It's just like, oh, don't write the backstory of the trolley, man. Yeah, I should. For the next Netflix reboot yeah. of <laughs> even Fuller House. Fullest House. Yeah. <laughs> But but with this movie, I remember that um, as I as I said before, I auditioned for the Little Rascals movie, mm-hmm. and I auditioned because I loved Wayne's World. And is it weird that I learned how to read by reading movie titles, like 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 credits in a movie? That no, I would read the boxes too. Yeah, I would do that too. So like I saw on the sheet of who was directing Little Rascals and I was like Penelope Sphere Wayne's World like that's how I knew and I was like I'm auditioning for that and we (laughs) put myself on tape and then like I think a week or two after um I auditioned for that like I saw the trailer for the Beverly Hillbillies and they're like the director of Wayne's World I'm like Penelope Spears. I'm like, so this movie had had so many <laughs> levels to it for me. You're like, it is the piece of American art, basically. Yeah, which I think it is. Yes, I'm th- you think of all those movies that were created because of like older TV shows, and even now we have making out of more modern ones that we grew up with. This, I think, is one of the best kind of remakes of it because it keeps so true to like the corniness. I don't like when they take it too serious. I like when they're kind of in on the joke. Yeah, that it. Yeah, there's hmm. one thing that doesn't age well, and that's when they're like doing. I guess you'll call it like the Hollywood actress cattle call for oh yeah yeah that was (laughs) but to in in defense of the movie if you did that in LA that is the kind of people that would come like a hundred percent like they weren't over exaggerating (laughs) that's totally LA in 94 or whatever and today yeah I mean I was thinking about it everyone comments how like remaking tv shows into movies is like shitty to do like it's like can we do anything creative and then i thought the first movie i ever saw in theaters was based on a tv show well a cartoon first movie i ever saw was teenage mutant ninja turtles well see a perfect adaptation yeah 
and I have a poster right over there. <laughs> oh. Oh, seriously? <laughs> my husband, it's his favorite. Yeah. I, <laughs> this is his office. <laughs> I literally have my wife for our, our anniversary got me. Uh, there's this designer, graphic designer in, I believe it's the UK, and he designed this poster. And it, oh. yeah, it's awesome. Original. Yeah. This is the actual, when it oh, came Oh, I know out, what it but... is. I know what it it's is. It's been framed for what? How many years? It was in his parents' attic, and when we moved back, this is like the first thing he took. <laughs> He's like, "This Give is going that. up in our apartment." I was like, "Dang!" Because my mom tossed all my stuff. Do you think there's his parents were like? Oh. Do you think there's some some kid in his house who made his wife hang up his Beverly Hillbillies the movie poster, like fan poster? I for have- sure. And if he's out there, he's listening because he definitely like Googles this movie every week. Yeah. For new content. So, so shout out to him. Like the casting in this movie is so good. Like Dabney Coleman as as uh, Drysdale is mm-hmm. he, he's like the only person that you could ever <laughs> picture playing this role. And doing the research, I found out that the role of the, the stud farm lady Mm -hmm. that was supposed to be a cameo for jane fonda because uh lily tomlin was trying to have a nine to five reunion that's why dolly's in this that's what i thought i was like is that how she got her yeah other than paying a lot of money because it's his birthday yeah i remember seeing this movie and i thought i don't know why i thought the dolly Parton cameo was reba mcintyre I, wow. I think, Rude. well, no, it's, I realized watching it why it was. It was because Reba McIntyre is the cameo in Little Rascals. Rascals. And I thought it was Dolly. I, I, I got them mixed up. But I love when Dolly shows up and she starts singing Happy Birthday. <laughs> God, I have not seen this movie, even though I love it. I used to rent it all the time. So I had it etched in my brain, but I hadn't seen it in forever. And I, I immediately remembered every word of the song. I remember I would rewind that part over and over. It's such a good part. I forget how much I love Dolly Parton's voice until she like pops up somewhere. And I'm like, oh, God, girl. Oh, Oh, there you go again. (laughs) I don't know why my Dolly Parton turns into Butters from South. (laughs) Ah, no. (laughs) Working nine to five. Um, But yeah, I, I also... Leah Thompson in this movie, I remember as a kid thinking, like, I thought that, I don't know why as a kid I thought she had, like, split personality disorder, because, like, I really believed <laughs> uh, Lorette, I-, I believed her to be sincere, and then, like, she would turn into the other person, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, man, go back to the nice French lady, and then I realized, oh, yeah, she's a con artist. <laughs> and that- I hated her. Yeah. I wanted I wanted him to end up with Dolly. I wanted Dolly to show up and be like, <laughs> I left my husband and here I am for you, Jen. Well, I always thought he was going to end up with Lily Tomlin's character. But then I remember right when it started, I was like, oh, no, she goes after Jethro. Yeah. Oh, this is all coming back to me now. And my husband's like, no way. No way. Because he hadn't seen it forever. And he didn't love it like I did. And he's like, no. And I was like, keep watching. She's going after him. Keep oh, yeah. Watching. <laughs> Yeah, she loves Jethro. He he's her beefcake. Like, 
which looking back, not at the time, but now I, I can kind of see it. He had really nice arms, like when he would be shirtless or like sleeveless working on the car. I call that the cousin Cody when he's doing the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember in the 90s, that was a thing, just taking a, a button-up shirt, ripping off the sleeves and attaching a hoodie to it. I had two of those. One I wore, it was green plaid with this gray hoodie and I wore it with the same color green shorts and I went and saw Mortal Kombat that day. And then I believe me and my friend stayed for a double feature and watched the Gold Diggers movie with like- Oh, uh, with uh, Anna, Anna Klumsky. And Christina Ricci. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember wearing that outfit because I thought I looked really cool. I had one of those, but it had Mickey Mouse on it and I wore oh. a waffle shirt underneath it because i was self-conscious and that was what i was watching the day i watched this movie i was wearing that because i remember i got one of the tassels from the hoodie caught around (laughs) the 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 gate post in in my parents house and i was like kind of strangled as i was watching the movie i'm like do I yell for help and then get sent to bed or do I just strangle a little bit and just keep watching the movie? Whoa. <laughs> and, he suffered for this art. And I ended up finding like scissors and I just cut myself free. It's it's worth it. But what I did find a little problematic watching it today was like the very like the stereotype, the gender stereotypes of mm-hmm. like Ellie Mae. I was like, he's trying to push her into this. And I was like, I didn't like that. I don't think I liked it as a kid, too, because I was very much a tomboy. I was mm. like, let her be her with her critters. Yeah. But yeah, that part did not age well at all. But I did like that they came to a resolution at the end. Yeah, I and I, I I, still didn't buy it this time around. Like When I was younger, I thought that Ellie Mae was much younger because they said she was younger. Watching it now, I'm like, she's almost 30. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, and she definitely looks older than Kevin Connolly. <laughs> right. So when they're like oh. flirting with each other, I'm like, oh, oh, God, it's another blank check. <laughs> like, <laughs> at, least, at least they were supposed to be. Another cringeworthy was the bully's acting. Do you remember so what he what else he's from? N- no, probably not. He was the bad so guy bad. in Sidekicks with Jonathan Brandis. I don't think I've ever seen that. That's the that's basically the Karate Kid knockoff one oh, where no. Jonathan Brandis <laughs> is obsessed with Chuck Norris and he sees himself in situations where he is like sidekicks with Chuck Norris. I'm writing it down. It's impossible to find. <laughs> after I'll- after the death of Jonathan Brandis, like they pulled all the copies. You might be able to find it on YouTube, but but Mako is in it. Mako, Mac- who is it, have you seen uh, the TV show Avatar: The Last Airbender? Mm-mm. He was mm-hmm. the uncle on that. He played Splinter in the animated um, TMNT. The bully himself, I didn't understand what he was saying because keep in mind I was like seven or eight, and then watching it now, I'm like, oh. He's like a Patrick Bateman style bully. And he's just like, he's coming after him for like no reason. But he asked There's for like a wire no... transfer. <laughs> no. Oh, God. I 
wish I went to that high school. Well, no, I always I wanted to go it. to that high school. <laughs> I always wanted. I didn't know what it was as a kid, but now as someone who is deeply addicted to coffee, I wanted <laughs> a cappuccino. Yeah, anything like that, like Richie Rich with the McDonald's, anything lavish like that was like all oh, the dream. Well, in this one, it, it was the Subway sub. Yeah. Actually, I had at that time, I don't think I knew what Subway was. We didn't have one near me. So I was like, wow, I wonder what we that did. is. We did. And <laughs> the two things that I remember, I got two of the collectible cups. So I was obsessed with getting collectible cups if they were from movies. So I did the one from Blockbuster. There was a Wayne's World one and a Hook one. And then for Subway this year, they had a Coneheads one. And a Beverly Hillbillies. And I had the Beverly Hillbillies one. And I, they're like, do you want Miss Hathaway or do you want Uncle Jed? I'm like, Uncle Jed, come on, please. <laughs> Don't insult me. And they're like. Yeah, like a stack of Lily Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> one ringy dingy. <laughs> uh, oh, Lily Tomlin in this is so good. Like her facial expressions when she realizes that she's fired and she just, sorry, everyone, I'm doing a visual on a, on a podcast, but when she just goes, and, and she just goes, <laughs> I feel like though, like in the old, like, I feel like they edit it, but isn't there a part? I thought at that part, she goes, oh, oh, oh. and when I watched it, she only did it once, but I remember her doing it multiple times. I do times. too. Okay, it's like... <laughs> I also remember... Okay, I totally n- never realized when I was younger that Cloris Leachman, when she made this movie, I thought Cloris Leachman was old back then. And I watched an interview with her, and she was only like... I think she was 50. Oh, wow. And she looked <laughs> great. And it, it's like the whole young Frankenstein thing with her where they would just make her look insane like a mess they made her but then like you would see interviews with her and it's like oh my god cloris leachman is gorgeous she was phyllis she was the hottie of the movie yeah i i just love (laughs) i love how i never realized this until this viewing that she is the doctor of the ozarks he's a doctor in no doubt about it What's ailing you, fat Elmer? I ate too much cheese. Now I can't burp. Can you fix me, Granny? Yes, I got that too. I just thought she was making like moonshine or something when yeah. I was little. And now I'm like, oh. She's <laughs> she literally like making medicine. A medic. <laughs> she's like, um, she's like Sean Connery in Medicine Man. <laughs> like She's doing her thing. So do you think the people of the Ozark were suffering from health issues? I, I truly do. I mean, that guy couldn't burp and fart. Like, <laughs> well, He had a lot of issues going on, just like I could ocularly tell. <laughs> yeah, that poor man. That poor, poor man. Mm-mm. And I, I, the two scenes that I always remember the most are the wrestling scene. And- this year's what I call classic plant. Really? Yeah. Try this one. Uh-oh. I call it the possum prancer. The illegal either. 
and the Hank Williams scene. Because yes. that's how I always uh, ended up liking Hank Williams music. And every now and then I'll be driving by myself. And even though there's a different song on the radio, I'll just go, I'm wandering like a whimper whale. <laughs> I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like, oh, that's right. Sponge cake. It's my speciality. <laughs> Um, I always remember the wrestling scene, but I swear when I was younger, it was more built up. Like it was towards the end of the film. I feel like it was like this big moment. And then in this, when I watched it, it was just like, oh, one and done. I remember it being longer. Yes, it was like a bigger deal. Because like she does the the thing that she did to the bear, which like that's what Ellie (laughs) Mae should have opened up with. You know, I've wrestled a grizzly bear. (laughs) <laughs> and I literally almost castrated that thing. And then they would have been like, you're the captain now. <laughs> yeah, I'm the captain now. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> like opening a movie with that scene. I mean, who else could? Who yeah. else could? I mean, golden. <laughs> I, I just find it funny that at this time that they're doing different versions of recreating the opening theme song. Because they they do it with them um, striking gold, but they also tell the story of Ellie Mae is a tomboy and, you know, Jed, you know, is being pursued by all of these contractors. And then they go into the theme song and they mm-hmm. do the same thing in the Flintstones movie. Another... I- I would put that above this as perfect TV to movie. I love it so much. <laughs> I the, the, Okay, so I always quote out of nowhere. I will always go, Mr. Flintstone, what are you doing? I am embezzling. <laughs> Yabba dabba dabba. I mean, the, the set was just... <laughs> but another thing with animals and Ellie Mae, well, the whole thing, where did they get the chimp? He just showed up one day. Oh, you mean Spanky? I mean, in, yeah, like in the movie, I guess, is he in the show too? Again, yeah. Not my Nick at Night favorite. Well, okay. I don't know if you were the guest on the episode, but whoever it was, I was telling them that my wife, Haley, she hates monkeys. Like she is, she doesn't hate them, like be like, Eh. she hates them because she knows they can kill her like mm. she saw a video of of a i think it was an orangutan it might have been a chimpanzee ripping a woman's face off oh yep so mm-hmm. so like this or dunston jackson she'd be like <laughs> nope <laughs> there's no way that that monkey would not kill that person <laughs> this is the horror movie for her yeah that's why when we watched this year, I showed her for the first time. I showed her 28 Days Later, and it opens with the monkeys. She's like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. So I take it she's never seen any of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, she has. She likes them. Oh, well, there you go. But it's Andy Serkis. I guess Serkis. when they can talk. Yeah. When, when they can talk. She's like, oh, yeah. I could, like, bargain with them not to rip my face off. Also, okay. it's Andy Serkis. Like, Yeah. I'd only seen, I think, what is the last one. And I was like, I can't believe I'm getting emotional over these freaking monkeys. Like, I was like, the second one is my favorite. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is my favorite. War for the Planet of the Apes is is good, though. Um, But yeah, I think the the thing that like 
caught me off guard with the critters is Erica Atlantic is literally holding two raccoons and playing with them like they're dogs. Yeah. Like, those are, I guess they're show raccoons, but still, like, that's a wild animal. Oh, uh, we just took two cats and we put a we put a striped tail on it. Like, I mean, in Hollywood, I wouldn't be surprised. They had these circuses where the they would just paint the horses with stripes. And say there's by a Walmart in Van Nuys. Where, <laughs> yeah, I passed them on the bus. The one thing that. I always hated about this movie, and I still, to this day, the one character I still can't stand is Schneider, Rob Schneider in this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember, so I was obsessed with Adam Sandler, and I remember reading Adam Sandler's biography, and it talked about how he had this one-sided, like, competition with schneider and it wasn't on sandler's part it was schneider had this one-sided competition <laughs> with sandler and was like i just got this part <laughs> and would leave voice messages or notes at snl and this was one of the films he was bragging about was i just oh. got cast in beverly hillbillies good luck in airheads i'm like airheads is the <laughs> better move okay <laughs> Well, we see how it all panned out for them yeah. and how you should and should not act. And because, <laughs> uh, but I mean, they might, I guess it wasn't like ill will because Adam Sandler is still his friend. And yeah. And putting him in Ad, things. Yeah. Adam Sandler was like, yeah, I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> whatever. He's confident enough. Yeah. It takes a lot of confidence to wear those basketball shorts on like Conan O'Brien and everything <laughs> for your interviews. <laughs> or showing up at the IHOP and, not waiting in line. He's everywhere in those basketball shorts. Yeah, Rob Schneider's character in this is so swarmy and gross. And I don't know how he got the wife he got. Well, obviously I do. It's because they're both like horrible people. They're con people. like <laughs> Yeah, so she probably conned him. And then he's like just stuck around because yeah. Tyler doesn't get a hint. But I do like when he plexes or waxes his nose. <laughs> that part gets me. <laughs> Other than that... We could do without, it but made me, without him, it made me hate chicken have... wings because I love chicken wings. <laughs> and when he's eating it and drinking the unnamed orange soda, I I like the fact that they didn't go for like big name brand drinks in this. And he's drinking like generic orange soda. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm touching your butt." And then Dabney Coleman's like, "Take your hand off my butt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she was definitely gonna leave him after this like little heist. For oh sure. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. also he's a this banker. He should, he's a banker in in Beverly Hills. He should be like Patrick Bateman style, like murdering people, like being a sociopath yuppie. Like he shouldn't be like living the way he is. But I guess it's that she spends all of his money. Mm -hmm. so. He was at like a salon or like a spa in like Beverly Hills. She's definitely yeah. wasting it. But yeah, they should live a little better of a life. Yeah. And at, he had like a desk. Yeah, he did. He he had a cubicle. And I love how Jethro becomes the vice president of this bank <laughs> just because he asks politely. <laughs> yeah, I was like, white male privilege. Well, <laughs> for as a, sure. <laughs> as a kid, I I literally thought that's how it worked. I didn't know it was because they were like billionaires and he didn't want to lose the money. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. I, he made that guy so nervous and his poor I always felt bad for like Mr. Drysdale's wife because she's like 
sexually uh, frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> that and she's just like, we're gonna lose everything. I'm gonna lose this cushy lifestyle because of this family. Oh. <laughs> she's definitely stressed. Yeah, yeah. He just like walked into that job and he wore those like nasty boots the whole time. I was like, oh god, can't we showing up like that, Jethro? And I love that, like, when they're like, what does he like? He doesn't understand (laughs) what does he like in a partner. So the basic premise is that not only do they go to L.A. and they're, you know, from the Ozarks, he's looking for a wife because he thinks that his daughter needs a female role model because he treated her like a boy, which Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his story arc and the dad in A League of Their Own, Marla Hooch's dad, their story arcs are very similar. <laughs> Except you have a billion dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to find Jeth Arjed, a lady, and Jethro just goes in and takes it upon himself to make like TV commercials, put up a billboard, thus yeah. a corral of insanity comes to the office. <laughs> When you were watching this and you were like, he needs a wife where you're like, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> yes, he's go- like, I love like he is gorgeous in this movie. And I think it's the accent mixed with like that. Just he's kind of oblivious to the world. I mean, obviously, physically, he's just a handsome man. <laughs> I was going to ask you, was it when he goes to meet the, the stud farm owner and he's in that really nice suit and he's got the garth brooks hat on no i mean it's like from the beginning of the movie like he's just like a hot guy and i always hated um i always hated miss juliet or whatever because she was like close to him mm-hmm. you know and like get warming her way in and i was like oh this biatch she's like with my man i was like always so jealous of her <laughs> Like, I hated her. Did you want the pool, like the cement pond, like the pool with the ducks in it and like the raft with all of the critters on it? Sands animals? Yes. I would have loved a pool as a kid. I grew up in the desert, so we couldn't even have like a slip and slide because it was like all rocks and stuff. So anything with water would have been like amazing. And my brother... Probably like a few years after this movie came out, my oldest brother moved to Arkansas. And this is how like I envisioned his life now was like how their you know, Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> lived before. I was like, oh, you know, they have a cement pond. We definitely would say that every time we called. <laughs> We're like, do you guys have a cement pond yet? And they're like, oh, my God. Well, we OK, so this summer, I think it was either this summer or the summer before we joined the pool club. Because there was a pool club down the street from our house, and it was we went one summer without any sprinkler or anything, and we're like, we need to go to a we need to go to a cement <laughs> pond. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's like if you watch this movie, that's what you had to call a pool for at least two, three years after. That's yeah. what it was like in your head. I also I think the reason why I have like good memories of this movie is as I mentioned. They watched this at my sister's birthday, her sleepover, and I was told the next day, even though I already saw it the night before, they're like, yes, you can finally watch the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm like, oh, great. But like, <laughs> they did a special birthday breakfast where 
I would always look forward to when my sister would have a sleepover birthday party because my parents would get bacon the next day. So I'm eating oh. bacon and I'm watching the Beverly Hillbillies. And I'm like, this is the height of luxury. And <laughs> <laughs> How old was she turning? Oh, she, 11. So or 10. She or She's turning 10 her... or 11. So that's a good age. Any of her and her girlfriends like Jed Clampett too? <laughs> I don't know about nice. my sister, but I remember one of the girls was like oh jethro is cute okay she was ahead of her time i see it now but nothing. and even even at like age seven or eight i was still a snarky smart ass and i was like oh, i don't know mr drysdale has the money <laughs> you were going after the gold well jed had the money too well i i wanted to be i wanted to be kevin conley's character in the movie not kevin conley in real life <laughs> That the, Kevin Conley in real life is a monster. Um, <laughs> um, but I wanted to be uh, it, Morgan. I wanted to be that character because, as I said before, I had a huge crush on Ellie Mae. And I'm like, he gets mm -hmm. to date Ellie Mae in the end. Which, like, they never officially say it, but she's like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. And, and he asked her in that, like, remember when she's wearing that black dress? Yeah. Like, what teenage boy would be able to even talk to a girl that looked like that well in person. even when she's in the the <laughs> denim dress at the beginning the denim dress and she looks like she's out of a shania twain music video <laughs> like she's like let's go girls let's go girls And she doesn't take anything to school the first day. <laughs> I I noticed that when I was little, and I still notice it to this day. I'm like, where is her book bag? But as like a nerd, like I'm like, I need my backpack. I need my school supplies. Like I'm ready to go. But my question for you, if you were Ellie May, and I and Morgan shows up in his Mercedes convertible, which yes, that's a nice car. But it, you're trying to talk to him, and he's just like. Like, like his face is like, and he's making weird noises. Would you get in the car with him? No, I would think he was like choking maybe and just go get my doctor granny. <laughs> Help him out. <laughs> granny, this man's choking. You got to kick him in she's the dick. Like, <laughs> you know, she just punches him. He farts. Like. Howdy, I'm Ellie Matt. You must be Mr. Drysdale's son. Oh, oh. Well, thanks for picking me up. Is this share your car? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Well, are we going to school or are we just going to stand here all day? <laughs> but That's what I would have done. I remember liking his hats. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I was like, because like I, I, growing up, I had Disney Adventure. Did you have Disney Adventure magazine? Yeah, I would get it. I didn't have a like subscription, but if it had someone cool on the cover, like at the checkout stand, I'd be like, please. And I would just like kind of toss it in. Yeah, the ones that I had were the one with my Bialica's Blossom. So she's wearing a hat. And then there was one with, I think it was Jennifer Love Hewitt. So she was wearing a hat. Def I was going to say, she definitely had a hat. <laughs> and then there was one with Jonathan Brandis. Uh, and he was with the gargoyles, but he had that perfect <laughs> helmet hair. So I'm like, he's wearing a hair hat. Um, 
but like most of the the covers had hats on it so i thought oh to be cool you have to have a hat and i remember that year i saw an interview with samuel jackson and he was wearing a kangle hat and i ended up buying a kangle hat (laughs) did you like feel cool i i realized right there and then that i cannot wear hats (laughs) when i put a hat on i look like you know, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> They're like, ooh, you might be from the Ozark. <laughs> I, 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 look like, I look like basically I'm dying. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I can wear a beanie like I am, but I just, I don't feel cool enough to wear like a Beyonce, like brim hat. Like, I just feel like I'm, no, wait, you, I'm going to Target. The beanie's like, cool. You look like Spinelli. Like, yeah, I, very much so. This is the only way I like to do my hair. So, and it's getting warmer, and I'm like, no, I got to take my braids out, my Spinelli braids now, because I can't part it. It's not even up here. It's not cute under the beanie. It looks good here. So, yeah, very Spinelli. I even have my boots I wear sometimes. But I, I loved girl. I loved Morgan's, like, outfits. Like, I mean, some of the hats, the, the cheetah hat, no. But, like, I did have... I did have the 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 waffle gray tee that he had in a black vest. I I had that outfit with the <laughs> jeans and the 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 Kurt Cobain button up flannel shirt that I wrapped around. So like one year, I thought this is how cool kids dress. So I dressed like that <laughs> in the third grade or no ninety three. So that was like second grade or third grade. I dressed like that. And I'm like, I look cool. And someone's like, you look like a dork. I'm like, I want to kill myself. (laughs) I mean, that's like where you had to get your style inspiration from. I think like thinking back, he did have the coolest style. It was that very like streetwear, hip hop inspired, which is very much like my style icons was the end of Sister Act 2. When they took the robes off, I was like, I am going to wear all of that. I never got any, but yeah. That was (laughs) Lauren Hill and Jennifer Love Hewitt, right? Yes. Okay. Which I no, she did not put on a hat, Jennifer. <laughs> but she, I, she has very cool, like baggy pants, a really tight, like maybe coral tops. Very, oh, so cool. And they dress kind of like he did in Beverly Hillbilly. So I can see that. Yeah, my, there my, are probably many. My two style icons as a kid were, were Morgan Drysdale and Preston Waters from Blank Check, <laughs> and then maybe a little Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. is who i wanted to be i dressed like scotty smalls from the sandlot (laughs) oh did you have one of those long hats i don't want to talk about it kendra (laughs) i don't (laughs) trigger warning is it it was it was a red hat red baseball hat with a leather brim and it was a big brim (laughs) And then, like, the Sandlot came out, and I'm like, I am never wearing this hat again. <laughs> I know. I, to this day, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I still need to get a Sandlot tattoo of some sort. But, like, I'm just like, why would you wear that hat? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, Morgan's hat, okay. Smalls, never. Yeah. Never going to look cool. Well, the one Morgan hat that isn't cool is that that cheetah print pork pie hat. Is that the one he wears to the party? Yeah. 
That was his, well, that was his formal attire. So he like his more casual wear. He looked like he belonged in Blues Brothers 2000. Like he should have been playing with, you know, Mighty Mac and Elwood. And it's sad that I know John Goodman's character's name from, from Blues Brothers 2000. But like the entire movie is a brisk 93, uh, 95 minutes. It's an hour and a half. And it's just Perfect. timed perfectly. Like, I I never was bored, and I couldn't believe that I remembered everything that happened in this movie, with the exception <laughs> of who was, the country singer was. like <laughs> Not Reba. Yeah, it was Dolly. But um, I remembered everything verbatim. Like, when they get arrested, and mm-hmm. they're in there, I just remember... Dabney Coleman's face. I was obsessed with Dabney Coleman because of not just the, this movie, but growing up, I was obsessed with the movie Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Mm-mm. Uh, the kid from E.T., his dad is always working, so he invents this <laughs> imaginary friend who is a super spy, and it looks exactly <laughs> like his dad, and it's Dabney Coleman. <laughs> okay. And then... um, uh. What was that other movie he was in besides 9 to 5? Um, he was in a movie called, I think it was called Borrowed Time or Running Out of Time, where he is a police officer and finds out that he's dying, but his insurance policy won't handle terminal illness. So he's trying to get himself killed on the job and he becomes a, oh sup- he becomes a super cop. I got to look up what the name of that movie is. But then, like, he becomes this great detective and this great police officer. And they, then he finds out he's not dying. And then he's like, oh, God, <laughs> oh I God. have to keep this up forever. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, gonna, I was like, please tell me he didn't, like, die at the end. <laughs> no, no. Okay. <sighs> no, but, like, Dabney Coleman was so cool. Um, and then I also remember him from You've Got Mail. He's Tom Hanks's dad. So he's got some big 90s, 80s hits. Yeah. Yeah, I got to find the name of that movie. Oh, he, he was also in board games. Um, but yeah, the two, the three movies that come up for him are 9 to 5, You've Got Mail, and War Games. And then in little print, it says Beverly Hillbillies. <gasps> should be his number one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it should be his number one. Oh, and I remember him from uh, My Day with the President's Daughter. He's the president. And that. Do you remember that? It's the one with Eric from Boy Meets World. Will Friedle, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would always like turn that one when it was on Disney Channel. I was like, hmm. Because mm. I didn't like Eric. So. Oh, I, I loved that character. I loved Will Friedle. I thought he was the greatest. Short time, that's what it was called, short time. Not borrowed time, short time. Um, It's so weird, it's a weird movie. And it came out in the 90s, like 1990. Um, But going back to Jim Varney, he doesn't have as much to do in this as I thought he did. Yeah, it's kind of not 
Well, yeah, <laughs> he's in and out sometimes. I think he could have had more scenes. I feel like he was in it more when I was little. Maybe that was just me daydreaming. I think it's because but... he commands the scene when he's in it. Mm-hmm. It's a voice. Yeah. It's a sex appeal. I think it's like when <laughs> Mr. Drysdale is like, you're not going to press charges. You're not going to leave the bank. And he's like, well, I'm reckoning that you didn't know who we was when we was. And you didn't think you saw what you saw. <laughs> So I'm knew like, who he was. yeah, I'm like, damn, this guy's great. So good. And I, I still just can't believe it's earnest. And I, I didn't know it when I was younger, but like the fact that they got the real Jed Clampett, Buddy Epson mm-hmm. to play his other character, Barnaby Jones. Yes. It, little. Easter egg for people, <laughs> Nick at Night fans. Yeah, that, that's why I love Penelope Spears because she'll do stuff like that. Like in the Little Rascals movie, when they're going to try and when Alfalfa is trying to find Spanky and Spanky's trying to find Al- Alpha, they go to their parents, and Alfalfa's dad looks like Alfalfa, and Spanky's mm-hmm. dad looks like Spanky from the original series. Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's so smart. That's so ridiculous but i see i see you penelope spheres and um jim varney he also played the hot hottie and roseanne in that last original season he tries to like he plays a millionaire he plays a really rich man who tries to win over aunt jackie and i thought he was gorgeous in that too (laughs) oh i thought you were gonna be like he was really you know hot when he was slinky dog I mean, he's got that voice. (laughs) But it's all about Woody in that movie. It's all about Woody. Act happy. (laughs) Woody is my Toy Story boyfriend. I was going to ask, is it Slinky Dog? (laughs) Woody all day. (laughs) I I always had a crush on Bo Peep. Then you must have loved the fourth. It was so good. The fourth one... I have many problems with it, but her story arc, <laughs> I don't. My problem is that they introduce Bonnie and she's supposed to love him forever. And then she's like, no, what? Fuck you. And then <laughs> they force his talk box out of him. And like, I, I had so many problems with it, but him finally getting to be with Bo Peep and Keanu Reeves, who is like my favorite person so in the world. I'm like, okay. All right. But I- <laughs> I remember being in the theater. I was like, I had an edible and I was like dying during those scenes. I was like, what? This is wild. I think it was a good movie. It was unnecessary though, because mm-hmm. the third one was perfect. Right. That's how I felt. I didn't, too. I didn't think they were ever going to, I was like, this is it. This is a perfect three parter. Mm. But you know, it's good. And I love Forky. <laughs> I did. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, but the fact that it's not Jim Varney anymore still breaks my heart. Like, I thought for the third one, they're like, okay, they're only doing one more, and you got Sean Hunter's dad, but then like, I'm like, it, it's still not hitting. It's not Jim Varney. And it's interesting they didn't do for him what they did for Don Rickles in like, Recycle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God, I guess Slinky Dog's not as important. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. Okay, so with with the actual wedding, I love when the the family, the extended family shows up, and I love how polite the 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 jug band is. The, and they're like, "Excuse me, 
excuse me, they're not like, get out of the way. They're like just trying to join the quartet. I thought, but, I love it. But before that, when they're on the plane, oh my and God. they have like the hoedown, that's the best part. When they part, have the hoedown also- on the plane, yes. I die every time. I mean, like- the two scenes that get me are the hoedown on the plane, and then when they cut to Granny after the electroshock, and she's like, <laughs> yeah. Then she has her elixir and she's like, Tyler, Tyler, you miss Lorraine. Oh my God. Cloris Leachman deserves like every award for, it's a shame she never got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh wait, I'm so dumb. She has a fucking Oscar. I totally <laughs> forgot. She she has an Oscar for the last picture show. But like Cloris Leachman is one of the greatest actresses of all time. Mm-hmm. And like- I- I love her as Granny. She's so good. When she's on the motorcycle, which I found out that actually was <laughs> Cloris Leachman up until she oh, really? up until she goes into the pool, that is Cloris Leachman. And then but, I guess not so surprising that she was like fifty, not like eighty, like we think <laughs> yeah. she's supposed to be. Like, okay. Yeah. Fifty year old woman, not as crazy. No, but I think this is an example of like perfect casting. Cause at this time they asked Penelope Spheris if she wanted to direct Beverly Hillbillies and they had this cast lined up or they were going to do a Gilligan's Island with Sandler, Adam Sandler as Gilligan, Chris Farley mm-hmm. as um, the skipper. And they were going to do like an SNL style Gilligan's oh. Island. And I hate everything about this. <laughs> but who they were going to get to play the millionaire they were gonna get phil hartman and jan hooks to be the millionaire and his wife and i'm like oh everything sucked until you said that (laughs) he would have been a good millionaire oh phil hartman why isn't phil hartman in this you know he's busy like things to do well do you know what he was doing at this time he was doing house guests Okay. I thought you were going to say house arrest. I was like, he's not in that. No, <laughs> no, that's Kevin Pollack. Who? <laughs> oh, worst dad. Oh, oh okay. No, I was like, no, no Shooter McGavin not is him. the worst dad in that yes. movie. Yes, <laughs> there you go. I was thinking of the other one. Yeah. They were all pretty bad parents. That's why they were down there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that Gilligan's Island thing, and I'm glad it never happened. No, they're still trying to do it. at night. They're still trying oh, to do no, it. no, with, with Leave Gilligan alone. With Josh Gad as Gilligan. I hate that even more. I, I don't like that. Yeah. No, that's my like one at like my top like Nick and Night shows right there. My top Mm-mm. Nick and Night shows were Beverly Hillbillies, Dick Van Dyke show. When they started going into 80 sitcoms and they did Perfect Strangers and um, Taxi. But oh. Beverly Hillbillies is, is like I never realized how important it was to me until the movie came out. And like this movie is so funny. It's dumb. It's not a very good movie, but it just it it makes you feel good. It hits all the right notes. Like I said, like it takes a lot to make a go from TV to movie. And I think they did everything that you could write. It's is it like you said, it's not the perfect movie. It's not gonna win an Oscar, though it should. But <laughs> the casting, the comedy, the slapstick, and that it was only like it was 93 minutes perfection. Yes. 
why did we didn't need like a whole backstory of every character is like they were perfect and like we knew who they were right from the start because again the song just tells you and you're oh like, yeah got caught up <laughs> yeah and like they don't beat you over the head with certain things mm-hmm. and it's just great and like the fact that you know the the bad guys aren't gonna get away with jack shit and mm-hmm. we finally get to see a smart miss hathaway with lily tomlin but like lily tomlin doesn't do a ton but she does a ton at the same time like uh it's time for bagels and- how many bagels <laughs> Oh, I was going to say one more. Go ahead. Dietrich Bader as his own sister. Oh, my God. Dietrich Bader. <laughs> I'm dying. I thought that was so funny. How many bagels? Out of how many again? 13. Baker's dozen. Oh, I would give it a solid seven. <laughs> oh, you're going lower than me. I was going with eight. Because okay. it's that childhood nostalgia. It's dumb. It's funny. It's. I mean, it, it's nowhere as great as the UHF Beverly Hillbilly song that Weird Al did, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. It's it's a good movie. It's a good watch. So, Would kids today like it? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> so do you want to promote your podcast? Yeah, you can listen to Crushgasm, new episodes every Wednesday, and you can go to crushgasmpodcast.com for all the links and that good stuff. And I'll probably write about Jed Clampett one day. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and Kendra, I always want you to come on whenever you want. So if you think of something, just come back. Alrighty, I will. We're like Flintstones next. <laughs> Two little rascals. Twenty one Jump Street. <laughs> uh, I'll message you. But uh, yeah, so I have another podcast. It's called Hell is a Musical. You can find it on the Zero Science Network. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can email us hellismusicalpod at gmail.com. You can e- email us at writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, leave us a five-star review. And Kendra, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye. <laughs>